Welcome to The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. Together, we will journey through self-discovery and fulfillment in life. Here's your host, Jan Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Good Good Life. I'm your host, Jan Jones, and I am so excited and so grateful that you are choosing to spend this time with me. Speaking of time, that is exactly what we're talking about today. We are going to talk about mastering the clock some effective time management tips, but hopefully a new way to look at your time. You know I am awake, alert, alive, enthusiastic to be with all of you. And listen, I get it. I know this life is just so crazy. I don't know where you are listening from right now, but I am located in Birmingham, Alabama, and we have had crazy, freezing, snow, ice kind of weather, like temperatures in the single digits. So it's been a little hectic here for us because we are not used to that kind of weather in the South, but it gets you a little behind, right? Your routine is interrupted and things have to shift and change. And oh my goodness, you just need to take a breath and you need to figure out, all right, how am I going to deal with all of this? How am I going to manage my time? How am I going to redirect my priorities? But in the process, How am I going to stay cool, calm, and collected? (gasps) Yes, just take that deep breath right now because we are always in such a hurry, right? Deadlines and kids' activities and responsibilities and events we need to go to, and we're driving very fast. I know I mention this a lot, but it comes up in conversation with our friends and our family, just how everybody seems to be in such a hurry on the road that they're taking some unnecessary risks. And I just always hear my dad in my head. It's like, I would rather arrive late than not arrive at all meaning these cars are dangerous. We don't need to be in such a hurry. But life is just throwing so much at us, and we have so many places to be. But I want you to stop and think, where is all of this haste? Where is all of this hurry taking us? Because if you think about it, our real life is the life inside of us. It's not necessarily the life around us. And we're going to talk about that today, just what is important to us and where are we spending our time? Now, when I say that, that our real life is inside of us, I mean, what are we projecting out into this good, good life? I mean, we are here really in the whole grand scheme of things for such a short amount of time. And we want to use that time wisely. We want to really embrace the blessings in our life. We want to be kind. We want to serve. We want to work and live with excellence because that's really where our time is. And that is What we're striving to do is make the biggest contribution for the time that we are given. It's interesting when you think about the term human beings, because that's what we all are. We're human beings, not necessarily human doings, but we live in a world now where we almost worship the doing part. You know, we worship working and we're climbing the ladder of success. But I want you to make sure that your ladder is not leaning on the wrong building or maybe the wrong actions or the wrong goals or the wrong intentions, right? And we're going to talk about goals. I mean, we've got to have dreams and goals and, you know, have that vision for where we want our life to go. 
But I do want to share a scripture verse with you right now, because I just found this so interesting. There's a lot in the Bible about time, but Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So that really made me think about time. You know, have you ever thought I just can't find the time and you're looking for it. Where's the time going? Well, I got to tell you, time is not hiding. It's actually right in front of us. We just need to recognize where it's going and more importantly, where we want our time to take us. So today on the show, I want to offer maybe a new way to look at your time so that you can be more productive in the areas that are really important to you and your life and your purpose, because productivity is not just about time management or getting it all done. It's not about getting everything done, because in today's world, I just think that is too much pressure and stress on us because there's just so much to do. But time management and being productive is about getting the right things done. It's really the result of our decisions and where we focus our attention and our energy. So we're living in a big old paradox today. And here's what I mean by that. Because it is both easier and harder than ever to achieve this extraordinary productivity that we really want to achieve. Now, why do I say that? That's the paradox. Because it's both easier and harder to be productive. And you want to know why? It is technology. The very same technology that makes us more productive can also destroy our productivity. I mean, think about it. We are connected basically 24-7. We can work around the clock. We can receive messages. We can respond. We can work on projects remotely. I mean, all of that is amazing and wonderful, but it also eats into our productivity in other areas that are really a priority to us. So what is going on? Why can't we really get a grasp on our time? Because remember I said just a few moments ago that we say we can't find the time, but we've got to recognize where it's going and more importantly, where we want it to take us. And here is what is going on, friends. And I wonder if you're going to be able to relate to this because I sure can. Our brains are under attack. Yikes. Yes, we're under attack. And I'm going to tell you why. Actually, um, this is some great information from a Dr. Edward Hollowell because how many of you out there are feeling overworked and overwhelmed? Yeah, probably most of you. Uh, I would guess most of you listening, we're just, like I said, we're running, we're in a hurry, we're just going here, we're going there, we're doing that, and things are falling through the cracks. So we just feel overworked and overwhelmed. But Dr. Hollowell says that more and more people are coming to him because He treats all kinds of just mental disorders and emotional distress, and he really helps people with their own well-being. But he says people come to him, and they believe that they have ADD, which is Attention Deficit Disorder. And here is why they think they have it, because 
they have some of the key symptoms of ADD, such as distractibility, impulsivity, restlessness, disorganization, trouble planning, procrastination, all these symptoms. So that would lead them, his patients, to believe that they have attention deficit disorder. However, these have come to be, all of those symptoms, they have come to be key attributes of most people working and living in today's world. So I wonder, as I was reading that list, distractibility, impulsivity, restlessness, disorganization, trouble planning, procrastination, this is part of the world we live in. So because of these symptoms, people think that they have ADD, but after Dr. Hollowell examines and tests and discusses things with these patients, he has a new diagnosis. And I believe that we can all relate to this diagnosis, that what people really have when they don't officially have ADD, they have a severe case of modern life. Yeah. I promise I'm going to give you some hope in just a little while because there is hope because I want to explain why it's harder and harder to really manage our time. And going back to this whole concept of our brains are under attack because the symptoms, and again, this is Dr. Hollowell, he says the symptoms of overloaded circuits are very similar to those of attention deficit disorder. And according to him, you feel frustrated, frantic, furious, fearful, forgetful, frenetic. You're in a state of frenzy. That was a quote by him. And I just, I think that is just so funny, but true. All of these F words that we feel. Frustrated, frantic, furious, fearful, forgetful, frenetic, frenzied. This is modern day life right now. And as a result, you cannot focus. You're distracted. You can't even sustain your mental energy on one task for much longer than a few minutes, maybe even a few seconds. So we're living in this information society and there is an overflow of it. This is an overflow of information and this creates more and more demand on us and our brains. And that is what I mean by our brains are under attack. And this impacts our time and our energy and our focus and the decisions that we are making. So here's where the problem comes in. When we get stuck in our emotional brain, because I'm no doctor, I am no scientist or psychiatrist or psychologist, but I have read and I've watched some videos and we have a prefrontal cortex in our brain. And then we've got the primitive side of our brain and it's more of the emotional brain. So let me tell you a little bit about that very briefly in case you're not familiar. Our prefrontal cortex this is really our action part of our brain. It's where we make plans. It's where we can really focus and we decide what we want our attention to be spent on. We make our choices here. This is where self-control is practiced. This is where our follow-through happens in our prefrontal cortex. Now that primitive brain, which is our older, our older brain, this is our emotional brain. So it's our reflexes, our instincts, our emotions, our reactions, our impulses. 
So with all of this stuff being thrown at us, the problem comes when we get stuck in that emotional brain from all the stimuli around us. And all we're doing really all day long is we're reacting to things. We're reacting. We're reacting. We're impulsive. We're going on instincts. We're not taking the time to really go to that prefrontal cortex of our brain and use the skills that are there because we're busy reacting. And busyness is not productivity. So our lives have become so reactive. And this is what the attack is. From the moment we wake up, there's phones going off and emails and text messages. So we're just in this perpetual state of reactive behavior rather than being more intentional and proactive. We do not want to become captive to the stimuli being thrown upon our brains. And that's what has happened. Look, I thought about this topic because I needed this topic. It's a new year. We're in the first month of 2024 here. And it's a great time to really think about our priorities. And this is why I wanted to talk about time management and just how we're looking at time and where we're spending it because I no longer want to be a slave to all the stuff that's being thrown at me. I want to be intentional with my time because there's so many more choices to make in our modern day lives now. We have so many choices. I mean, think about from the moment you wake up, how many choices you make in like the first hour of waking up. You're making a lot of choices. So we have a lot more opportunity to make worse choices, especially if we're just reacting to everything all day. But here's where the good part comes. We also have more opportunity to make better choices. We just have to get choosy about our choosing. Yes, we need to be selective. We got to be choosy about our choosing. And this is what I want you to think about time in a different manner. I'm about to introduce a concept that is not mine, um, but I just think it's brilliant. So I'm going to tell you about it. But there has been an ongoing survey. It is ongoing and it's been going on for almost 20 years now. And there have been surveys and and all kinds of research on more than 350,000 people from around the world, from Africa to Asia Pacific, Europe, Latin America, Middle East, and North America, like all over the world. And what the results are saying is are we spending our time on more important things or the unimportant things? And the result is we spend, as people, about 60% of our time on important things. So what does that mean? We're spending about 40% of our time on unimportant things. Now, Let that just wash over you for a minute. 60% of our time is being spent on important things, according to this ongoing research. And then 40% of our time is on the unimportant things. Now, you may be thinking, well, Jan, that's not so terrible. I mean, that's more than half of my time in important areas, 60%. But let's put it to you like this. What if your car only worked 60% of the time? Ah, you probably wouldn't think that was very a very good percentage. What if your computer or your phone, the equipment that you use for your job, what if it only worked 60% of the time? I think we might all just like 
lose our minds if our phones only work 60% of the time. So that just gives you a little perspective on where our time is going and what is that costing us personally and professionally to spend this much time on the unimportant things and feeling like our time is being wasted. Yeah. And this is what I want to do. I want to introduce you to maybe a new way to look at your time and where you're spending it. Because we have 24 hours in a day. And we need to really know where we're spending our time to have more effective management of it. Now, I want to talk about something called the time matrix. Now, if you are a regular listener, you know that I am an organizational development consultant. I am also a personal strengths coach and professional speaker. But what I'm about to talk about is straight from one of my certifications through Franklin Covey, but it can be found in the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, written by Stephen Covey. It is an amazing book. I am certified to teach this material, but Just when I thought about time, I thought, this is a tool, and we're not going to go deep into it, but he came up, Dr. Covey came up with something called the time matrix, and it's brilliant because there are four quadrants to the time matrix, and really in all of the hours that we have in our day, we are always in one of these quadrants. And it really helps you have a new perspective on your time. So because it's four quadrants, you've got Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4. And it's based on an axis of urgent and important. And so We've got these things in our life that are so very important, but they're things that we plan and we choose to do, and it really makes us feel like we are contributing and we are productive. But then there are things that are just never going to go away, and they're very important, but they're also urgent. So they take us away from maybe what we plan to do because it's urgent and it's important, right? So it's very necessary. But then there are distractions and there are waste activities. So I'm just going to briefly go through this because again, I did not come up with this. This is the time matrix from Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So Q1, quadrant one, is this quadrant of necessity. And these are the things that are very urgent and very important. And in general terms, it would be like a crisis or an emergency meeting or a last minute deadline, you know, a pressing problem or some unforeseen event. Like if you got sick or your child got sick or, you know, you had a flat tire or something happened very unexpectedly. And, you know, depending on what kind of job you have, you may you know, have a career that is really dealing with a lot of urgency, such as healthcare, right? So Q1 is that quadrant of necessity. It's urgent and it's important. But think about if you stay there too long. If you're always in crisis mode, what's going to be the impact on your life and on your mind and your your mental state and your stress level? So we want to try to get over to quadrant two as quickly as we can, and we have to be intentional with it. And quadrant two is our most productive and effective quadrant. This is 
that work that is setting us up to achieve goals. This is creative thinking and planning and and really crisis prevention, right? Uh, process improvement, relationship building, learning and renewal. You listening to this podcast right now, you are in quadrant two. You want to broaden your uh, perspectives and hopefully walk away with some new tools and techniques. So quadrant two is where we're most productive. Now, quadrant three he calls the quadrant of distraction. And these are needless interruptions and unnecessary reports, irrelevant meetings, maybe other people's issues becoming your issues. Lots of things that can distract us from being up there in quadrant two where we're more productive. Think about the distractions in your life? What's keeping you from achieving some important goals? Then you've got quadrant four, which is something you just really, really want to get rid of because it's not urgent and it's not important. And this is called the quadrant of waste. This is just trivial work or avoidance activities, you know, intentionally avoiding something that you know is important, procrastination, excessive relaxation or television or gaming or internet, you know, just time wasters, gossiping about other people. Nothing good comes from that. It's wasted time, effort, and energy. So I want you to think about. Quadrant two, I said relationship building, learning and development, just creative thinking. Those are very productive activities. In quadrant four, excessiveness can be a waste. Like, you know, we need to recharge or just kind of relax, right? We need to just get our minds clear. And sometimes that is just watching TV or, or gaming or, you know, scrolling through some social media, whatever kind of just helps you to recharge a little bit. But that word excessive is what makes it wasteful. If you want to sit down and watch some shows that you've recorded, that's great. But when you've sat there for like six or eight hours and you've watched a whole season and, you know, you've missed some meals, you haven't taken the dog out, maybe your kids were late to soccer practice. I mean, that's what we mean by waste. It's not important. It's not urgent. We don't need to waste time. But here's the irony of the time matrix. Every bit of our time is in one of these quadrants every single day. We're either in that necessity Q1 that's urgent and important, or we're being distracted, which is Q3, or we're just wasting time. But what we really want to do is try to be in Q2, which is really productive and effective. So, after today, I want you to really think about where you're spending your time. What is uh, what what is keeping you from achieving and feeling like you've achieved something? What are your distractions? What are your time wasters? Like think about your real life activities because you've got to check in with yourself. You've got to check in with yourself. And that's why I love the time matrix because it really gives you this visual of where all our time is. But think about how you're feeling. You know, what quadrant have you been in right now? Or, you know, later today, are you feeling a little stressed out? Are you getting a little snappy to people? Maybe you've been in that urgent crisis mode for too long. You need to think about how long you've been in any of those quadrants. Because remember, this is your time. And what are going to be some of the consequences if I stay here for too long? If we just continue to waste time, we're going to be filled with regret. We're going to wish that we had done something different. And I don't want any of you to be filled with any regret. I want you to spend your time where it needs to be spent. 
spent. And that's what we're going to get into after the break. We're going to take a short break in just a moment, but don't go anywhere because I want to have discussion with all of you and remind myself of how do we really discern the most important things from the less important things. Because remember, I opened up saying that time management and productivity, it's not about getting everything done. It's about getting the right things done. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back and we're going to talk about how you recognize your most important task. See you in just a few minutes. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you ready to ignite your passion and purpose for life? Make sure you join Jan Jones each week for the Good Good Life podcast. Each week, Jan will share her expertise and insights into personal development as well as spiritual growth discoveries. From the challenges in the valleys to the victories on the mountaintops, Jan has persevered through all of them with unwavering faith and joy. Life is full of possibilities, and Jan wants to walk with you as you discover those possibilities and unleash your full potential. Rekindle the spark inside of you and rejoice in the good, good life with Jan Jones, where we will all love living and live loving. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. If you have a question or want to share your story with Jan or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888 888- Three four six nine one four one. Now back to the show with Jan. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking about mastering the clock, some effective time management tips and perspectives. So before the break, we were talking about where we're spending our time. And I just am a big believer in that Franklin Covey time matrix. It really is such a great tool. And just knowing about it helps you realize that I really am spending my time in these different quadrants. But I want us to get into that Q2, the most effective quadrant. And the way that we do that is we've got to recognize what are our most important tasks, your MITs, M-I-T, your most important tasks, or you may have heard this before, your WIG, your wildly important goals. So we've got to figure out what those are. I love a good acronym. You all know that. And how we do that is we have to start with really knowing what what is our mission? What will our legacy be? You know, what do we want people to say about us when we get older and we're celebrating our retirement or we're at our 80th or our 90th birthday party and people are raising their glass and they're giving a toast? What are they going to say about us? So we've got to first really understand what our mission is. We've got to know what our values are to really identify what's most important to us. The question that I really want to ask is, are you living life by default or by design? 
Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. When I read that and when I think about mission and I think about legacy and I think about what's really important, what is it that I want to contribute to this amazing, good, good life that we've been blessed with? It really, hopefully, is going to give you all something to consider and to jot down and continue to jot down notes about kind of what your life's mission statement is going to be. And then to really determine what's important, you got to think about the roles that you play in your life. Okay, and I'm not just talking about what you do, your job, but what are the roles that you play? For me, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend and a neighbor, I'm a volunteer, I'm a church member, I'm a professional speaker. I'm a podcaster. I am the mom to all my pets. I'm a patient because you all may know if you've been listening, I'm a double organ transplant recipient. So a role that I play is patient. Now, when you think about all your roles, and that is my short list, like we all wear a lot of hats and we all play a lot of different roles. But the thing about our roles is they all involve other people. So that's why I go back to that question of what are people going to say about you at your 80th or 90th birthday or at your retirement party? You know, as you get older and people are celebrating you, what are they going to say? Because all these roles that you play The next thing I want you to consider are the goals that you have around those roles. Okay, so for instance, I mentioned I'm a wife. And, you know, for my role as wife, and and there's so many things that I want to accomplish in this role, but I want to be Jim's best friend. I want to be his biggest encourager and supporter. And I want to help him achieve his goals, just like I know he wants to help me achieve my dreams. And I want to be his trusted confidant. I mean, these are goals I have within that role. These are things I hope that he will say about me. And so I I have to think about the actions I want to take to make those goals a reality. And this is how we determine what is most important. This is how we figure out those wildly important goals, those most important tasks that are going to help us really determine where we need to spend our time. You know, when I think about the role of patient, that is a role I play because I would not be here. I would not be alive if it was not for my healthcare providers, every person, every scheduler. I mean, every doctor, every nurse, every PCT, every nurse practitioner, every person that checks me in at every appointment. There's so many people. Every executive leader at the hospital and at the clinics at UAB here in Birmingham. I have to give a shout out because I was in the hospital dangerously ill the entire week after Christmas. I landed in the hospital the day after Christmas, and it was just very scary. My kidney function was just all messed up. And I think about all the people that just continue to save me and keep me going. And that is a role that I play. And my goal is to take care of this gift of life, this second chance to live. And, you know, Legacy of Hope, the organ procurement organization here in Alabama, and the work that they do to set these transplants up. I I know I'm going down like this long discussion about this role I play as patient, but my goal is to just keep going and to make them proud 
for the work that they've done in me and to give God the glory of these gifted individuals that have saved my life over and over again. So anyway, all the roles that we play, we need to determine what the goals are in those roles and what actions are we going to take. And this is how we determine what is most important to us. Where are we spending our time? You know, when we think about the opportunities, all of the stimuli, you know, the fact that our brains are under attack all day, every day. This is why it's so important for us to figure out where we're spending our time. So I want to spend the last little bit. You all know I've got a list. I want to give you some time management tips. Okay. So the first tip is to set clear goals. And I just talked about it. We need to understand what our values are. What is our mission in life? And then what are our roles? And then what are the goals around that? And don't just make them, you know, oh, I want to be a better wife. No, I want to be those things that I mentioned. And I want to take action. I want to be specific with the goals because knowing what we want to achieve is going to help us with our prioritization. So the first tip is to set clear goals. Number two is to take the time to plan. You should kind of end every day with, okay, here's what I did get done. Here's what I'm going to have to carry over for tomorrow. And you might have to rearrange your calendar a little bit. But then every week, just take a glance at your calendar and figure out what aligns with that mission, roles, and goals that you've determined. And if there are things on your calendar that really don't line up, then maybe there are things that you don't need to do. So you've got to take the time to plan. Make your to-do list. You know, use the system that you have or come up with a new one if your system hasn't been working. And tip number three for more time management is to use time blocks. Allocate specific time blocks for different activities. Now, this is all about that Q2 in your effective productive quadrant. Keep in mind, you may be pushed into the urgent and important Q1. Crisis may interrupt, but do everything you can to get back into that Q2 by using these time blocks because this helps you to stay focused, and it prevents multitasking. Now, look, I know everyone is kind of required to multitask, but our brains are really not equipped to do it. Did you know multitasking was actually a technical term for computers? And it is, I actually looked it up because I knew this to be true. Multitasking is about a computer that can run different systems simultaneously. Well, guess what? We have one system. It's our brain. We're not good at multitasking. We have to do it sometimes, but when you can stay focused on one thing, I promise you will be more effective and more productive. So multitasking is the running of multiple programs in one computer at the same time. Multitasking is used to keep all of a computer's resources at work as much of the time as possible. Well, yeah, we need focus. So I want you to think about tip number three, using time blocks for specific activities. All right, number four is learn to say no, or at least learn to say not right now. We have to be realistic about our commitments and we don't want to overcommit ourselves because then that just leads to poor time management and extra stress. So remember I said earlier before the break, we need to be choosy about our choosing. We need to give ourselves a little padding, all right? Pad yourself before you just react to the stimuli or the request or the activity. And here's what PAD stands for. Pause, ask, and then decide. So we got to pause so that we are more proactive and we're not just reacting to everything. We've got to give ourselves sometimes just a few seconds 
Give yourselves a little time to consider what is being asked of you. And then ask yourself, you know, does this really need to be done right now? Does this align with what my goals and priorities, those wigs, those wildly important goals? Like, you've got to ask yourself these questions because a lot of times people come to you and they're like, oh, I needed this yesterday. Oh, this is an emergency. Oh, the sky is falling, right? But when you ask the right questions after you've paused, then you might realize, okay, it's not so urgent and we can wait on this. Once you pause and ask yourself a few questions, then you can decide. You can stay true to yourself your commitments, your goals, and you can make that right decision. Like I said earlier, you don't want to be hasty, right? In scripture, it says that when you're wise, it leads to abundance. When you're hasty, it can lead to poverty. So ask yourself this question when you're trying to say no, what will you be glad you did five or 10 years from now? Think about that. Tip number five is use your technology wisely. There's so many apps and productivity tools that can keep you on track. Tip number six is delegate. If possible, let other people handle some of the tasks, okay? This frees your time up for more of your very important goals, all right? So, That's not always a possibility, but when you can, try to delegate or at least ask for help. Tip number seven on time management is to set deadlines. If you just say, oh yeah, I want to do this this year, you fill in the blank. You're probably going to get into 2025 and you will not have done the this that you wanted to do. So give yourself some deadlines. And here's the last time management tip. I want you to reflect and adjust because sometimes it is trial and error. I mean, many of you may have just heard about the Franklin Covey time matrix today. Think about where you're spending your time. Reflect on the system that you're using. And if it isn't working, then make the adjustments You've got to regularly assess how you're spending your time. Remember, I said check in with yourself. If you're feeling short and snappy or you're feeling a little, you know, defeated and deflated, that means you've either been in crisis mode too much, which is Q1, or you've been in that wasted time zone, which is Q4. And you need to adjust the strategies that you're using based on what works best for you. Test out some of those apps and what kind of calendar do you like? Do you like an electronic calendar or are you a little bit old school and you like a written calendar? I'll be honest, I love my written out calendar. I buy calendar every year and I write things out. I just like to see my week at a glance, right? I mean, I like to see it hard copy right in front of me. But that goes back to tip number five of using that technology wisely. We have to reflect in order to really decide what is most important and where we're spending our time. Remember, this is not about getting everything done. This is about getting the right things done. And because of all the stimuli, because our brains are under attack in this modern day world, I wonder if you've even stopped to reflect and think about what is most important to you. What do you need to do that is going to help you achieve the goals in all those roles that you play? Now, keep in mind that every week you may not be working on a goal in a particular role. Because, I mean, like I said earlier, we all 
have a lot of roles that we play. So I don't want you to overwhelm yourself and think, oh my goodness, every single day of the week, I've got to be working on a goal with a role. No, maybe you've got a, a role or a relationship that, you know, it's really good. There's nothing to do this week in that relationship, right? And maybe it's something that you're planning to do in a week or two. Just make sure when you're planning that you get it on your calendar and it goes back to being choosy about your choosing. When it comes time to go to that dinner or have that lunch and something else comes up and interferes with it, what are you going to do in that moment? You're going to pause and you're not going to just react. Because you may think, well, great, now I can't go to this. I've had this plan for a month and look, this this thing just came up or I just got asked to do this. But you're going to pause. You're not going to react to that. And you're going to consider all of the options. You're going to ask yourself some questions. You're going to think about how you can do it and then you can decide. Pause, ask yourself some questions, and then decide. So reflection is so important, and it's part of that Q2, that really productive, effective quadrant, reflection, planning, creative thinking. These are really productive ways to spend your time, and you can make adjustments in your life when you just take some time to do that. Psalms 90.12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We know that we're not promised tomorrow, so we want to take advantage of today. We want to enjoy this good, good life. We want to, at the end of our day, feel like, yes, you know, I didn't get everything done that I hope to, but I really made good decisions and I spent time achieving goals that were important to me and all the people in my life. All right, so there you go about mastering the clock. Now, there's a big part of time management, and it's called procrastination. Some of the most dangerous words are, I'll do it tomorrow. And next week, I am going to expose procrastination for what it is, and it is a failure to self-regulate. I thought about doing it this week, but then I thought, oh, you know, I'll just wait. (laughs) I procrastinated, right? No, I didn't. It's all a plan I had. We're going to talk a lot about procrastination next week. I want to leave you with this thought by Harvey McKay. Time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you never get it back. Something to think about with where our time is going. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Good Good Life. Until we are together again, I hope you love living and live loving. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. We hope today was meaningful for your personal journey. We'll be back next week. Until then, continue to love living and live loving.